0: I'm going to start, as I mentioned before worship, I'm going to start just a little three-week series on um, just some of God's ways, understanding God's ways, but I'm going to pull it out of the Christmas story. And we're going to spend about three weeks on this, and then we will have us an all-church party. I don't know about you, I like to have an all-church party. So that'll be a good night. We'll have service that night as well, candlelight. So that'll be a great Wednesday, the 23rd. And, and then we'll get started with a new lengthier series, and we'll promote that so uh, y- you can be aware of that and, and, and even maybe start your own study. But these next three weeks, we're going to talk about understanding God's ways, and I want to talk about tonight, I, I thought of three quick themes that came out as I was thinking about these next Wednesdays, and the first one I wanted to deal with was what I entitled Dealing with Delays, or God's Holding Pattern. Dealing with delays or God's holding pattern. Hope you brought your Bibles. Always bring your Bibles on Wednesday night. It's a good night to have your Bible with you. We don't always turn the screen on and post the scripture on the screen. But it's good if you could bring your Bible and and just read along, find it. In Galatians 4, there's actually a Christmas passage in Galatians 4, beginning with verse 4. It says, but when the fullness of time had come. God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law that we might receive the adoption as sons, or obviously as, as daughters for those of you females that are here. But the, the phrase I just underscored in Galatians 4.4 4 is the one that says, the fullness, when the fullness of the time had come. God always works in the fullness of time. He doesn't work on our time. He works in the fullness of time. Very, very important. And then in the book of Proverbs, Proverbs 13, uh, verse 12, we read these words. It says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. That's a fairly familiar verse, isn't it? Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when the desire comes, it's a tree of life. All right, let's talk about dealing with delays. You say, Pastor, how does that work out of the Christmas story? Well, you know, Adam and Eve, when they entered into their sin and spun all of creation uh, into a curse and under, and under law, uh, God could have sent his son the next day. I, I mean, he could have set the whole thing up where they blew it one day and he got it redeemed the next day but he literally let thousands of years go by before jesus shows up on the scene to become the one who redeems back buys back ransoms back humanity in order that they might have a relationship with god now that's not to say god wasn't attempting to have relationship with his people all through the old testament or for those thousands of years but truth of the matter is is that he could have dealt with it on day one after, I guess, day six or seven, but he chose not to. He, he waited until the fullness of time. Now, the reason I mention that to you tonight is because I always remind myself of this, that if God's number one plan, if we can all agree that God's number one plan is redemption. I mean, I know he has a lot of other plans and he has a lot of other purposes and a lot of will for each of us to fulfill. But if we can just agree that his number one plan is and was redemption, if, if his number one plan functions under certain precepts, then we can pretty much be assured that if his number one plan functions like that, then his plan for our life is going to function probably a lot like that too. So, so we need to understand his ways. He didn't, he didn't, you know, humanity needed a savior for thousands of years, but he waited until the fullness of of time. You might need a saving. (laughs) You might be needing a deliverance. You might be needing God's help. You might be needing a promise. You might be needing his intervention. Can I just share this with you? That it's not that God couldn't do it tomorrow, but he's waiting for the fullness of time because there are some purposes that are going on in the fullness of time that are as equally as important to him as getting a promise to you or perhaps getting you out of a crisis you may be facing. So let's let's talk about this as we kind of walk through these notes for a few minutes tonight. Uh, under letter A well I guess if I go back up to the introduction, I don't know about you, but let me just underscore when a promise is given by God, there's something in us that wants it now. Isn't that true? am I the only one that likes things faster? I like the I wish out I wish out on the front of the church we could get a hot and now sign. I mean, people text each other that hot and now stuff. Isn't that true? They the hot and now signs on. Man, and everybody's heading over to Krispy Kreme. I wish I could put a hot and now sign out in front of the church. And everybody go, oh, today's the day. God's moving. I wish. That's how we are, though. Is it not true? We want it as quickly as possible. In fact, if the time is too long, what happens is discouragement, that's what Proverbs 13 really is talking about, discouragement sets in. And when discouragement begins to set in, what happens is you lose your faith, you lose your focus, and all of a sudden what God wants to do is not happening because he's just keeping it from happening, but you've lost your faith to believe it could show up. So let's let's get into this. This promises, I've written down here, are a declaration of the intent of God in our life. Promises are divine commitments. How many of you here tonight feel... Like you got at least one promise in God. I mean, can we all, can we, If you come on, everybody should have their hand up. You ought to have a promise. Maybe you got more than one. Praise God. Maybe you got a book full. You got at least this book full. And God can speak to us and give us other promises as well. But promises are really God's intent in our life. 2 Corinthians 1 verse 20 says, For all the promises of God in him are yes and in him Amen. To the glory of God through us. Now he who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us is God and has also sealed us and given us the spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. That's one of my favorite verses. Just basically says if God said it, you can count on it. He wants to bring his promises to pass. Um, But sometimes they don't always show up when we expect them. Um. Most of us, I suspect, in this room have uh, taken an airplane somewhere. We've, we've gotten on a commercial jet, and we've flown somewhere. And we all know that when we're traveling uh, by commercial jet, that you, you get your ticket, you find your flight times, you check in an hour, hour and a half before you should. You go through security. You know, you're watching the board. They usually board you. They try to 30 minutes, 20 minutes before the plane takes off. And um, some of you may not know this, my dad was an air traffic controller, and so we spent a lot of time on airplanes, not only the commercial ones, but he was a private pilot as well. And, and so it's, it's interesting, flight is interesting behind the scenes. And you may not know this, because sometimes, if it's ever happened to you, you've gotten on your commercial flight, and you sat there at the gate, um, and you just waited, and you've waited, and you've waited, and you're sitting there in your seat going, I've got to get to my destination. You know, and especially if you're getting a connecting flight. And we all know if you go to Hartsfield International in Atlanta, I've often said when when you go to heaven, you're going to go through Atlanta. Because everything goes through Atlanta. And 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 I always look at my, you know, connect times. And I know if I've got less than an hour, I'm probably going to be hoofing it to the gate to try to get that connecting flight. So it's really important to get off and get going on time. Some of you may not know this, but the reason oftentimes... You wait at the gate is because everything's computerized now, and instead of letting airplanes hold in the air, they'll just hold you at the gate, and and they feel like that's a safer way to to handle people. So, so a lot of times when you're you're chomping the bit to get going, if it would have been back a couple decades ago, you would have literally been spinning around over Atlanta until they could have could have brought you in. Now the computer can figure it out, and they won't even let you go from Charleston unless they know they can bring you straight in. So, so I, I, I'm always aware of the fact that once we get off, we're going to land pretty, pretty much on, on time. But I can remember holding in the air. I'm old enough now to remember those holding patterns. Weather has come in on occasion, and I've held, despite the computerized systems I've held in the air, and I'm telling you, when, when you're in a holding pattern, it is the worst I mean, because I, I, I'm, I'm, I want down, I'm, I want off, I'm ready to get to my destination. You have to understand spiritually that God puts us, at times, in holding patterns when we're going to the destination he has for us. And when you're in a divine holding pattern, what happens is your heart can get sick with discouragement and with weariness. You're saying, how long do I have to keep spinning around my destination Before he brings me in for a landing. Well again as I mentioned the Lord waited thousands of years before manifesting his son in redemption. In other words all of the world all the earth was in a holding pattern. In some regards until the manifestation of Jesus. And the Bible calls this the fullness of time. So there is a fullness that the Lord wants to see completed before he springs his purposes. And his promises into action in your life. So when you're in this holding pattern, am I the only one here that's ever felt like I've been in a holding pattern? Okay, there's been some holding patterns going on. You felt like your flight's been delayed. You're ready to get off the runway. And um, God seems to be saying, no, I'm going to keep you holding for a minute. You've got to understand that even as you're holding, things are happening. So don't despise the holding, but understand what's going on even during the fullness of time. I put down here, in a holding pattern, because I'm going to use Abraham here in just a moment. Abraham is a great example on so many levels, but he's also an example that while he was in a holding pattern with regards to his promise from God, which was Isaac, he decided he was going to get it landed early. And when he decided he was going to land early from this promise, because the promise of God to Abraham and to Sarah was that they would have a son whose name would be Isaac. Well, their bodies were old, they, they were dead, the scripture tells us. In other words, they were impotent, unable to reproduce. And so, um, uh, in desperation to help the promise of God come to pass, because you've got to understand, they were helping God. I know you're like, that's great that you're laughing, because doesn't, isn't that an oxymoron, I'm going to help God? How many of us have tried to help God? Yeah, all of us have tried to help God. I'm going to help you, Lord. You need, you're needing a little help here, obviously. You're not seeing what's going on. You're not getting what's happening. I'm going to help you here just a little bit. Anytime you feel like you've got to help God, I can tell you, I can prophesy to you, you are wrong. <laughs> all right, it Just it's just, anytime you feel that need to help God, I just you're just, automatically you're wrong. So he tried to help God. You know the story, though. So so Sarah, I don't even know what was going on in Sarah's mind, so she She throws Hagar, her servant, to Abraham, and they have a tryst, and along comes Ishmael. Ishmael was not God's promise. As a matter of fact, Ishmael has been the seed of Abraham's thorn in the side for thousands of years. Ishmael literally is is really the Arab race. Now, that's not to say God doesn't love Arabs. It doesn't say that God didn't even pronounce a promise over Ishmael. In fact that's the interesting thing in scripture that despite Ishmael being outside of the original intent of God God still declared a promise over Ishmael and his seed. So there's a promise over the Arab people as well. But all of this started because Abraham and Sarah were trying to help God and so what happens is when you birth an Ishmael what ha- a lot of times God lets you just tend to that thing. And 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 it reminds you and 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 it's just it's a headache and sometimes a heartache. So remember, in a holding pattern, there's still movement and progress that's going on. You may not see what's going on. Whenever I've been in a plane and in the holding pattern, you're sitting there in the seat, and all you can see. It used to be you had a little airphone. They called it, isn't that what they called it in front of you? Airphone that you could pull out. I mean, in newer planes, they have neat things, you know. But but I used to pull the airphone out and push it back in, and just you just find something to play with. You know you read the how do I get out of the plane thing that you didn't listen to the flight attendant tell you about when yeah so you you pull out the air sick bag to see if that was used because you think nothing's happening what are they doing land the plane But you don't know that there are still things going on, even though you can't see it happening. And when you're in a divine holding pattern, there are still things happening. There's still movement, there's progress, there's, you know, God's, do you understand that for promises to take place in your life, there are things that are going to have to move and be orchestrated, and people's hearts are going to have to be touched, and things are going to have to fall into alignment. And do you understand that God's got a lot going on? Now, now, he's got no problem in, in, in having it happen, but at the same time, he's, he's working with a lot of hard-headed people and a lot of folks that are trying to help him. So you need to realize if you're in a holding pattern, God is still with you even in the delay. Now, there are four things that I believe the Scripture tells us that's going on when you feel like there's a holding pattern or a delay with regards to a promise or, or maybe... You know, help in a circumstance or whatever it is you may be facing. The first one is, the Bible tells us that God is building endurance. You know, he has, he loves you. He doesn't, you see, we all have this promise, and while God is invested in your promise, he still loves you more than he loves that promise. You see, you are more important to God than that thing is you want. And he wants you to love him more than that thing that's out there that you want. Are we on the same page? So we got to understand that as all this is going on, the Lord's not looking to keep things from you, but he's looking to produce things in you. And, and, and the first thing is, is that he's building endurance. Now, I can't read all of these. In fact, I think, um, thank you, Maria, you, you typed all them out for me. James 1, 2 through 4. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Sometimes if we don't learn patience and to count it all joy joy in these delays, that, that we will lack something if we come out of that situation too soon. Folks, we're in a marathon. He is pacing us and grooming us through trials and setbacks. And on your way to destiny, the Holy Spirit is taking out of you what could destroy you in that destiny and replacing it with his strength. You've heard me. and I'm not going to retell all my old stories. But but the the very thing that you might have could actually kill you if God doesn't work something in you first. And so he really, for your, in your best interest, he's saying, let's wait just a minute. Let's wait just a minute. Let's wait just a minute. When we're going, no need to wait, no need to wait. I know what's going on. I'm helping you. Don't you get it, God? See? But he's saying, no, because if I let you have it too soon, you'll kill yourself with it. But if we wait till the fullness of time, when all is in order, then he will be glorified in you through that. God is enlarging our capacity. To see the promise and to receive his grace. Pressure produces enlargement. Now, in Psalm 4, verse 1, if you were to have the amplified version, I meant to get the amplified version, but I think I can quote it. My version says, Hear me when I call, O God of my righteousness. You have relieved me in my distress. That's what the New King James Version says. I believe even in the Old King James Version, It says this, and I know it says this in the Amplified Version. It says, you have enlarged me in my pressure. Do you know how God enlarges you for greater things? He puts you in the midst of pressure. If you can't take the pressure of where you're at right now, I will assure you the greater thing that's coming your way, you'll not be able to stand under. And, and and so what you're facing at this very moment, I know it's pressure, it may be stress, it may be all kinds of things, but God's doing it in your best interest because it is literally enlarging you to be able to stand under what he has for you in greater measure. So God is enlarging your capacity to see the promise and to receive his grace. When you are under stress or when you're being pressured, you need more of the grace or the empowerment empowerment of God. And so that's what he's doing. He's literally enlarging you. Then letter C, God uses delays to deepen our roots or relationship to him. Hosea 515 says, I will return again to my place till they acknowledge their offense. Then they will seek my face in their affliction. They will earnestly seek me. I have found that when I've been in a holding pattern or if I've been in a divine delay, there's one of two things that will happen. I'll either pray more or gripe more. Really, that's what happens to me. If, if, if I feel like God's not moving, working, happening, it ain't, it ain't doing like I... I'll either pray more or I will gripe more. But when you're in these moments, you can use these moments to evaluate your motives, your actions... That's what a holding pattern is. Why why waste your holding pattern? Why sit there in your seat flying over Atlanta in an hour holding pattern just pulling out your airphone and putting it back in irritating the guy in front of you. you, I'm just saying you could pull out a book you could read it you could enlarge yourself in that 60 minutes. Are you following me? You You can begin to evaluate Lord As long as I'm in this holding pattern, it's probably a good time for me to evaluate. Do I love what you're giving to me or do I love you more? This may be a good time for me to evaluate and do a little self-inventory of what's going on in my life. I can either do that or I can act like a spoiled brat. God must process us. Leaders, visionaries, influencers are not made overnight. God is conforming us. Into the image of his son. The Bible tells us that pressures through delays. Work glory into us. 2nd Corinthians 4.17. It says for our light affliction. I always like that. Light affliction. If you ever read Paul. Here in uh, 2nd Corinthians. And read what he writes. Prior to saying light affliction. I mean the dude has been in the ocean. In shipwrecks. He's been whipped several times. He says at least twice. 39 lashes. He says I've slept you know, out in the elements. I've been run out of town. I've been, I've had stones thrown at me. I've all these things. And then he says, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, listen, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Do you understand? Do you want to get anointing on your life? Do you want to glory in your life? Then you're going to have to learn to function under pressure. You're going to have to learn how to succeed under pressure. And as you succeed under levels of pressure, God enlarges you and then and then he brings you into greater and greater things. So that pressure through delay works glory into us. And then lastly, I put God uses delay to purify those motives and desires. As Americans, we've been trained to believe that everything must happen fast. Folks, that's, that's how it works in America. Is it not true? If you're in a grocery line, and there's only one or two lights on, but they got about six lanes, and you're about five people back, come on now, don't look like, what are you talking about? No, you know, I'm back there going, open up another line! Like there's a prize for me getting out of the grocery store quicker. Isn't that true? You think, think about it right now. I, I mean, some of you may still have, uh, you know, which is really funny. This is, this is funny, just our perspective. The old dial-up internet. I remember the first time I got cable DSL high-speed internet. After that happened like that, I said, I ain't going back now, baby. It's no more. Man, it was boom, it's there. Do you realize how frustrated we get when we watch that green bar at the bottom of the screen? And and, and, you, and we don't remember back when it was going... Because we've been trained. Fast. God must work fast. He's God. God's quick. Surely he's fast. Nope. See, that's what we want as Americans. We want fast money, we want fast growth, we want little cost and little foundation. God is not an American. He's a king of a kingdom. He wants us to think about his kingdom matters. Bigger and more without discipleship is not necessarily better. In delay, he removes selfish ambition and gives us a heart to please him. All right? So delay, listen, I know delay can be frustrating. I get as frustrated by it as anybody in this room. In fact, I would, if we had a frustration meter that you could tase me with, there are certain moments that I'd be in the red. (laughs) So listen, I ain't, I ain't, I ain't hammering anybody any more than I'm hammering me, man. But delays are in the plan of God. He could have sent Jesus the day after the fruit incident in the garden, but he didn't. In the fullness of time. Have you ever thought about it? He waited. He waited till he had the right circumstances, and he had the right language, and he was in the right area, and it was the right people in charge, and it was the the, the right earthly parents, and he got, every, he got everything right. And in the fullness of time, he sent his son. That's exactly what he's doing with you and with me. Now, let's talk about Abraham. Abraham was the champion example of delay. In Romans 4.17, uh, one of the greatest passages there, Romans 4.17, as it is written, this is God speaking to Abraham, I have made you a father of many nations. Now, when God pronounced that, there wasn't any nation around. There wasn't any isaac around there wasn't anything happening, but god doesn't speak to where we're at He speaks to what he plans So he says i've made you a father of many nations in the presence of him Whom he believed god who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist As though they did so we know that abraham and sarah waited a long time for isaac now listen abraham wanted a son god wanted a nation I'm gonna stop there for just a minute because you see, put your name in there for just a minute. Karen, I'm gonna, you're on, you're up, you're as close as I've got here. So I'm gonna Karen, Karen, Karen sees a promise and she defines it. That's what Karen sees. But the question isn't what Karen sees. It's what see, what's what God sees. Abraham saw a son, God wanted a nation. Abraham sees Isaac as a son. God sees nations out of Isaac. Now, listen to this. This is, this is the part that was, I think, revelational. God said, Abraham, remember the story? Go walk Isaac up the mountain, walk it up Moriah, and kill him, sacrifice him, kill your son. Why would God do that? I just started thinking about why would God ask for the pr- promise uh, to be sacrificed? And, and I just wrote down here, he's saying, kill your ambition. In other words, you got to, you got to die and kill what you see. I don't know. I don't know if people get this, but I tell you what's wrong. You see, cause I, this is my vocation. I don't know what God's called you to do. I don't know what your vocation is. All of you have different vocations. All of you may feel like you're in the will of God right now. Maybe, maybe there's some aspects that you're waiting for God to open up doors. I don't know how it works in your life. But this is my vocation, and this is my calling. And even in this, I can I can see what I want to see. But I've got to see what God sees. See, because I can take what I see, and I can sanctify it, and I can make it really spiritual. Isaac was... Not wrong. I mean, that was a promise. God spoke Isaac. There's nothing wrong. That was a good thing. Isaac was a good thing. But God said, sometimes you got to kill the good thing to get to the God thing. I, I, I'm just going to believe that the Holy Spirit helps you get some revelation in that. Because when the Lord says, take your son up the mountain, basically he's saying, kill your ambitions. God puts a death sentence on a good thing in order to birth a greater thing. And it's interesting that Abraham... Had to get his son. He packed up the wood. Even Isaac's saying, what are we going to sacrifice? I don't see anything here. And the whole time, Abraham, he's got to be going on in his mind. (laughs) You're it. And they're walking up the mountain. But you understand the replacement, the ram, didn't show up until Abraham obeyed. Now, I'm telling you, God's asking some of you to die to some things. And, and you're saying, well, if I die to this, then how's the promise going to come to pass? And you're not, you're not dying to it because you're afraid to let it go. And I'm telling you, until you obey what God has said, whatever it is he's going to replace or do will never show up. As we see Abraham's response to a holding pattern, I think it can be a real encouraging thing to all of us. So these are five things that we can implement during a holding pattern. Number one. We got to be committed to the promise. Romans four nineteen said, "And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead, since he was about a hundred years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb." You see, he knew he knew that he was impotent. He knew that Sarah, you know, she was not in her childbearing years either. But he protected his faith, and he would not let it grow weak. It doesn't matter what your circumstance or what your scenarios are. are Speaking to you, you cannot let your circumstances determine God bringing about the promise. Joseph was in a jail cell when God led him into the courtrooms of Pharaoh. God wants you to be committed to that promise. In John 14, 30, um, it says this, I will no longer talk much with you, Jesus is speaking, for the ruler of this world is coming and he has nothing in me. Do you understand that, that if you're not committed to what God is saying and doing and speaking and you're not handling the delay time, what happens is, is that Satan comes along and what he does is he begins to whisper in your ear and this is what he'll do. Uh, hopefully this will, my voice will not be the voice of Satan in your ears, but, but this will be what Satan does. He'll say, see, you really didn't hear from God. See, he really isn't going to bring this to pass. See, too much time has elapsed. See, you might as well throw in the towel and give it up. You had way more fun years ago. And what happens is those words will latch hold of you if there's something in you that they can latch hold of. But Jesus said, There's nothing in me. There's nothing in me. And so when the enemy starts speaking, there's nothing in you. What, what do you mean by that? Remember, you've died. To that ambition you've died to what it is that you thought god was doing and had to do and this is the way he had to do it so you got to be committed to the promise number two do not allow delay to affect your view of god romans four, 19, nineteen through 20 um i've already read 19 to you but it says he did not waver at the promise of god through unbelief but was strengthened in faith giving glory to god Psalm 110 says, The Lord said to uh, the Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. The Lord shall send the rod of your strength out of Zion. Rule in the midst of your enemies. Listen, it doesn't matter where you're at, what's going on. You're in a holding pattern. It should not affect how you view God. God is still on the throne. He still will bring his will to pass. I may not understand it all, may not get it all. He doesn't have to, you know, he's under no compulsion to have it make sense to me. When I understand that he's not obligated, he is not obligated to me. I am obligated to him. He has saved me. All right. So don't allow delay to affect your view of God. See, don't allow unbelief to rule your life. Romans 420. Again, we've read that particular verse. That he did not waver at the promise of the God through unbelief. I wrote this down. I read this recently. Doubt is the absence of knowledge. Unbelief is the presence of knowledge, but a decision not to believe or do it. Do you get the difference? Doubt means you just you you doubt it because you haven't it hadn't been revealed to you But unbelief is when things have been revealed or unveiled to you But you just decide not to believe it or not to do it In hebrews chapter 3 Verses 8 and 9 it says do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion in the day of trial in the wilderness where your fathers tested me Tried me and saw my works 40 years Is that not amazing to watch god work for 40 years? Is it not amazing to see him send the plagues on Egypt? Is it not amazing to see a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night? Is it not amazing to have had all the things that have happened to the people of Israel that took place, and yet when they got to the place of going into their promise, they couldn't believe anymore? They had revelation, they just were unwilling to. To keep walking in it, it says and saw my works 40 years beware brethren lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. So in other words, you can have had a moment that you walked with God, but through unbelief you can you can walk away letter D commit to worship in the midst of delays. Bible says in those Romans passages, it says that Abraham gave glory to God as he waited say, so what am I doing if I'm waiting? If God's not moving, what is my... Well, worship Him then. God just says, I'm putting in a holding pattern. Just worship me. Begin to lift His name up. Determine to bless the Lord through good times and bad times. Job thirteen fifteen says, though He slay me, yet will I trust Him. My whole life can fall apart and I'll still worship God. You say, that doesn't mean it's fun. I'm not suggesting it's fun, it's nice, it's easy. I'm not suggesting that. I'm simply suggesting that there's something greater at work going on here that you can begin to just worship God. Lord, I, you know what? I'm just, I'm just still going to worship you. One of my favorite scenes, and you've all seen it. Everybody's seen the cartoon version of How the Grinch Stole Christmas, right? You've all seen that? Well, most of us were little when it first came out. You know, the whole point of the story is that once the Grinch got all the presents and trees and light bulbs and food and took it up the mountain. Do you remember what they did? I, I realize it's not a spiritual. But remember, they all came walking out and he anticipated hearing such a cry come up from Whoville. But what they do? They hold, held hands and they began to sing. And he realized he hadn't stopped anything. Now, folks, if a bunch of Who's down in Whoville. All right. Come on, you got more going on in you than little Cindy Lou Who or whatever her name is. And then you need to stay persuaded of God's faithfulness to his promise. It says in Romans 4:21 being fully convinced that what he had promised he was also able to perform. You got to you say you don't understand what I'm facing. I you listen, Joseph's in a jail falsely accused i understand i you don't know where i'm at you don't know what's going on you don't know how hard it is you're right i don't but you gotta you got to stay absolutely persuaded of god's faithfulness to his promise aren't you glad that it could be the most terrible of situations but god is not tied to that situation you say you don't know you don't know who i work for well aren't you glad that god doesn't work for him isn't that true you don't know, you don't have any idea that, that this situation has taken place and you add this on top of that and this and that and the other and what, and aren't you glad that God wasn't even involved in any of that? See? And because of that, he is faithful to his promise. Hebrews 6.12 says that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience have inherited the promises. So whether it's a Joseph or whether it's an Abraham or whether we use the Christmas story and Jesus, you know, your holding pattern is being used for great and important purposes in your life. He is producing something way greater in you than you even understand at this particular moment. (laughs) Don't put the parachute on and jump out of the plane. All right? Don't commandeer the aircraft and force them to land. All right. God's got you right where he wants you. Doing everything he needs to do so that when you land. You'll be ready to go into your destiny. Amen. All right. We're going to just teach on these themes all through this season on Wednesday. And, and that's why, you know, we can have a rainy night. And they can prognosticate tornadoes. You know so I, I'm not going anywhere until God says it's time for me to go. That tornado may have got Dorothy, but it ain't getting Kevin. Are you with me? I, I, I mean, I, I remember I got on a plane in Russia one time, and it was really, man, it was, if you ever gotten on aeroflot, that will test your concept of God's purposes in your life. And I'll never forget I was sitting there and I was praying in tongues. You say, didn't everybody think that was weird? They're all Russian. They don't have any idea what. It was the easiest place to pray in the spirit. And, and all of a sudden, I remember I looked up and I saw my pastor. Uh, pastor Miles happened to be on that particular trip. And he was a silver-headed guy. And I could see that silver head. And what I said was, well, Lord, it, you know, I don't know where I stand with you. But I know there's promise on that man's life. So if I'm on the same plane he's on, that's where my faith was at the time. But now I've gotten to the place where, you know what, I, I'm, I'm, I'm good to go. I'm going to jump on an airplane and you know what, I'm not going anywhere until it's God's time to take me to be with him. I'm not, I'm not going to consternate over all of this. And, and I'm just telling you, you are right where you are supposed to be. There was a season of my life. It was a long, long season. And maybe some of you can identify with this. I would live life in six-month chunks. I would always say to myself, surely by Christmas, this, this, and this, and this will have happened. And then I'd get to Christmas, and maybe it hadn't happened. And I'd say, surely by Easter, this, 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 this. My whole life, I lived in six-month chunks. Until the day finally came when God said, would you quit living for your next arbitrary date that you've thrown out there? Would you just live for me at this moment? And would you just leave the times and the seasons in my hand? And finally, you know, it it took years to weed that out. Some of you may be just like that. It doesn't die easy. Easy. But it gets weeded out and and you reach the place where you say, Lord, times and seasons are in your hands. It may, it may, I may be 90 years old. I've already, I've already said I'm preaching to you at 90. I hope some of you are still here. Amen. Well, Randy will be here at 100. Cindy will bring him in with his walker and. I'll point at Randy and go, we're here, bud. And God can make it happen just like that. All right? But don't bail the plane. Amen. Stand with me, will you? Father, thank you tonight that you're moving in our lives, even for those that might feel tonight they're in a divine holding pattern. Lord, that probably isn't everyone. I know that there are good seasons where you're doing things and manifesting your promise. And and we do anticipate those moments. But Lord, I, I am well aware of the fact that there are probably some here who are right in the middle of their holding pattern, some who are probably just entering their holding pattern and others that are coming out of their holding pattern. But Lord, wherever we may be, help us, help us to trust you explicitly whatever moment we're in. Lord, work in us your work that will cause us To be the person you're wanting to create. Lord don't let us squander the moments that we have at this very moment. For you to do a deep, life changing, transforming thing inside of us. The pressures, the stresses, the circumstances are not here to kill us. They're here to create a far weightier measure of glory in our life. So, Lord, we'll not despise the moment, but we keep our eyes on you, knowing that you will do the greater thing. Lord, help those right now that you're speaking to to die to the good thing so that they can embrace the greater thing. Lord, let it happen. Your church has has settled for far too less than what's been available. It's not been your fault, Lord. It's been ours. We've settled for good when we could have died to it, and walk in the greater. So Lord help us as we move through this season. And as we move into the new year. Lord to keep our eyes on you. And receive the greater thing. We love you a lot. Appreciate what you're doing. In Jesus name. Can you say amen to that? So be it. Let it happen in my life. Amen and amen. God bless you. Guys. Love each other. Hug each other's neck before you go. Drive safe now. God still wants you to drive safe. As you go.